at this moment. We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Really, it's an amazing time in the book of Corinthians now. Because what here Paul does now, after exhorting us for about 11 chapters, and exhorting the church of Corinth now, and talking about the divisions that were taking place, the sin, and the carnality, and all of it that was taking place to make it a healthy church, now he moves and shifts the tone now, and he wants to build the church up with encouragement, and, and the type of encouragement that he wants to offer them is on how to use their spiritual gifts. How to use your spiritual gifts. If you like taking notes today, I want to, to jot down the title of today's message, which is Unity in Diversity. Unity in Diversity. You see, what Paul talks about today in chapter 12, and it's a very important chapter, is that God has given us each gifts, each spiritual gifts. And every gift is unique to the other person's gift. But the, what the reason on why God has given you a gift, and I want you to know this and memorize this, the whole purpose of why he writes chapter 12, it's because God wants to use your life. God wants to use your life. Would you turn to your neighbor and tell God wants to use your life? God wants to use your life. And therefore, if God wants to use your life, he wants to encourage you. And I hope that today you would be encouraged to use the spiritual gifts that God has given you and use them for his service. That you would use the spiritual gifts that God has given you and use them for his service. I pray that we would be mobilized today, that we would become involved, and that we would be connected in the local church. God has given you a gift. He wants you to use it to bless other people here in the church. I was talking to a brother yesterday, and we were talking about how God wants to use us at church and use our spiritual gifts, and he told me something that I find very interesting and also very true. He said, if you're not really serving at church, church can become boring, <laughs> and it can be. Church can become just going through the motions. You can, it can be very monotone. If you're not serving at church, it can become boring. Because the entire purpose of why God gave you the gifts is so that you can use them at church, use them wherever you go, and you can bless the body of Christ. So if there's something that you want today, is to number one, be mobilized. Remember that. Be mobilized. Mobilize yourself. I want to serve at church. I want to be involved at church. Number two, be involved at church. And number three, I want to be connected at church as well. Because we are a part of the body of Christ. It's been said before that paradise here on earth is in the will of God. You want to experience paradise? Then it is in the will of God. Anything outside of the will of God is suffering. You want to experience a blessing? It's in the will of God. And power is in the gifts of God. Paradise is in the will of God and power is in the gifts of God. Now when I ask you today, are you living in the will of God and are you living in the power of the gifts of God? Because when we talk about the gifts of God, there are also spiritual gifts that are, ought to be exercised in a spiritual way. Notice that. There are spiritual gifts to be used in a spiritual way. That means that you can use your spiritual gifts in a not-so-spiritual way. <laughs> There's spiritual gifts that God has given you in a spiritual way so that you would use them in unity. Throughout this entire book in 1 Corinthians, really Paul talks about always being united and never being divided. And to operate the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we are to build one another up with that gift. Maybe God's giving you the gift of encouragement. Then use it to encourage the person that's next to you. Use it to encourage your brother or your sister. Maybe He's giving you the gifts of helps to make yourself available. Then make yourself available. Maybe He's giving you a spirit, uh, the gift of teaching. Then get involved in, in teaching some capacity, right? Maybe He's giving you uh, the, 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 the gift of, of, of faith, of trusting God. Then, then trust God and lead others. The, spirit, the gift of leadership. Whatever it is, use the gift that God has given you to build the body of Christ. Who's the body of Christ? We are the body of Christ. He's the head and we're the body. <laughs> we're the hands and we're the feet and we're the arms and we're the hands, right, of Christ. 
It's been said before, I think it's fun, kind of funny, where we as believers are called to be bodybuilders. <laughs> You're a bodybuilder. You're called to build the body of Christ. Right? And the spiritual gifts that we're going to talk about today are different than now the fruit of the Spirit. And I don't want us to confuse them. We have the fruit of the Spirit, and then we have the gifts of the Spirit. And know the difference, please, church. The fruit of the Spirit, it's what shapes your character. The fruit of the Spirit is the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the self-control. That is all the fruit of the Spirit. That is what shapes your character. The fruit of the Spirit shapes our character. But then we also have the gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit are those that we use for our service for the benefit of others to glorify God. Not for ourselves, but for others to glorify God. You know, someone once asked me, you know, how do I know if I'm going to the right church? You know? And that's the question that, that I, I believe I'm most asked out of many. And I always tell them, go to a place where, first of all, they're teaching the Word of God, number one. They have to be teaching the Word of God. But number two, where you are being blessed, and also where you are being a blessing. Today, you're being, are you being blessed at church? But not only are you being blessed, are you also a blessing at church? And we want to come with the mentality, I want to get blessed at church, but also I want to be a blessing at church for others, right? Where we come with their spiritual gifts and say, Lord, here is a gift that you've given me. Here it is, Lord. I know you've given me this gift. I want to use it now for your service. I want to use it for your service. I want to use it to bless your church. Here I'm coming to be blessed, but I also want to come to become and be a blessing to other people. That's why today, be mobilized today in the gift that God's given you. Be involved and be connected. Are you connected? Do you know what the, the things that are taking place in the church? Are you involved? Are you mobilized? It is a moment. It is a times that you use your spiritual gifts that God has given you, that you grow also in your relationship with God. A lot of times we see no growth in our relationship with God. Because we're also not serving God. And serving God is a big part of us growing in our relationship with God. Serving God, right? And therefore, we have to use our gifts. You know, you can't say I'm growing in God and, and, and I'm meeting God in, in completely different levels. I know the heart of God, but I just don't serve Him. No. If you know God, guess what? You're going to be moved to serve God. And you're going to say, I cannot wait to go and serve the Lord. Let's read chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, starting with verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, he goes on and he tells us, I do not, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know what you were, Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And he goes on and he says, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you because your word teaches us, Lord, that by your grace, you have graciously given each and every one of us gifts. And those gifts are different, Lord. Those are spiritual gifts. I ask, Lord, in those gifts that you've given us, God, that, Lord, also you would use us in those gifts, in those capacities. And I pray maybe for any dormant gifts that are here right now. Any dormant gifts that are here in this place. Maybe gifts of, of those that, that believe that they've maybe put that gift aside or to the shelf for a minute. That they would activate the gifts of the Spirit, Lord. Activate them. In Jesus' name. And together we said, Amen. Amen. Look what it says here now concerning spiritual gifts. Now, let's talk about spiritual gifts. He's telling here the church. Could we talk about them? And now the word gifts here, gifts, it's the word in Greek that we know of, or most of us have heard of this word, charis. It's the spiritual gift. The word gift is charis. The word charis means grace or favor. Why grace or favor? Because God has shown grace upon your life, and He has graciously and with favor, He has given you a gift. With grace and favor, He has given you a gift. Grace and favor. God had grace. He had favor on your life. And now he's given you this gift. But he talks to them and he says, brethren. 
He says, brethren, what does brethren mean? And brothers or sisters, right? Talking to the church. I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers or sisters. What is important when we think about brethren? We think about family, right? We think about family here. And what family, I'll tell you this, because we're part of the family of God. What family is perfect? What family here right now is perfect? I'll tell you, no family is perfect. (laughs) But just because your family is not perfect doesn't mean that the family can't be united. Just because you're not perfect doesn't mean you can't be united. And he's calling the church to unity, brothers and sisters. Can we be united? One of the things that I love about the grace of God, what he teaches us here, Paul, that everyone is welcomed into the family of God. But nobody is perfect. Everyone is welcomed into the family of God, but nobody is perfect. And he teaches us that anything is also possible because Jesus is alive. Amen. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. Anything is possible because Jesus is alive. Now he's talking to the family here of God. And he says here, I know brethren and I don't want you to be ignorant. Why I don't want you to be ignorant? Because they used to be ignorant and we all used to be ignorant as well. When we were living in the world, we were ignorant. We thought that we were living in the right We thought that we were living in the light. We thought that we were living in the truth. And it says here, I don't want you to be ignorant. And you know that you were Gentiles. The word Gentiles means that you know that you were unlearned. You know that before you did not know the truth. You know that for certain, right, as you were Gentiles in this world, you know that in that times past, you did not know the truth. But not only were you Gentiles, here it says, but you were carried away. See, when you don't know the truth, when you don't know the direction, when you don't know the path and where you ought to go, guess what? You are easily carried away. And I want you to underline that in your Bibles. Carried away. We're easily carried away. When we don't know the truth, we're easily carried away. And what were we carried away to? We were carried away to dumb idols. However, you were led. How are we carried away to dumb idols? Maybe we're carried away to the worship of the world. And when he talks about dumb idols, he's talking about the speechless, empty, idolatry, the worship of the world. That's what he's talking about before Christ. Dude, wasn't that us? Isn't that the story of our lives? That, that we become carried away when we're not in the truth? And I'll tell you, even today, if you're not in the truth... If you're not in the Word of God, if you're not praying, if you're not coming to church, if you're not focused on serving God, guess what will happen? You're going to be carried away. You're going to be carried away to the worship of the world, to the power and the influence of the sea and of being lied to. The reason why we become lied to and why we are ignorant in the sea or in that lie and living in ignorance is because we're carried away from the truth. Today I pray that you would not be carried away in the truth. You see, and that word carried away is important because it speaks about being led away under an armed guard. Think about this, being carried away under an armed guard for trial, for prison, or for punishment. Isn't that us sometimes that we are carried under the power of the lies of the enemy because we're not in the word of God. We're carried away to worship the deception and the empty worship of the world as in times past. And he's warning us here. I don't want you to be carried away. I want you to be led the right way. Here is Paul with the heart for the Corinthians. I want you to be led the right way. I don't want you to be swept away. And I pray today none of us would be swept away. That we would be so connected to God. We'd be so connected to the gifts of the Spirit. That we'd be so mobilized to serve the Lord. That that, that, that would be the core of who we are. All of it. That we'd be submitted to the Holy Spirit and we would not be carried away with with worship of a career or worship of idolatry or worship of, 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 of even people, right? To not be carried away. But now it says, Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, what is he telling us? He's talking about the nature of the Holy Spirit now. And he's saying that nobody that is motivated truly by the Holy Spirit is going to talk against Jesus. Because there are people coming into Corinth, and guess what they were doing? Guess what they were saying in Corinth? They were saying, you know what? Well, we're over here speaking by the Holy Spirit, but they were speaking against Jesus. So you can't say that you're submitted to the Spirit of God, but speak against Jesus. It doesn't work that way. 
Because the Holy Spirit will always testify and point people to Jesus with a mouth and also with a life. So he tells us here in the beginning part of verse 3 that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit will ever speak against Jesus. So understand that, please. When you ever see someone teaching the Word of God or you're listening to something, and if that person says that they're coming in the Holy Spirit, but they're speaking against Jesus, then they're not really motivated or governed or submitted to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit would never speak against Jesus. But look what it tells us in the end of verse 3 here. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now he gives you the contrary. And, and, and those people, he's saying now, that are submitted to the Holy Spirit. If you are submitted and you're obedient to the Holy Spirit, you will declare that Jesus is Lord. You know what that means, that Jesus is Lord? You will say, the, Jesus is my master. Jesus is my Lord. That is the outcome of the Spirit-filled life. Nobody now that is speaking in the Spirit of God will speak against Jesus, but those that are filled with the Spirit of God will make Jesus the Lord of their lives. And that's what he's telling us. They make Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You know what we love about this, what we can learn from this? Is that the person that is governed, that's submitted, that's obedient to the Spirit of God by the Word of God and that's connected and it's fully submitted to the Word of God, that person will put the, Jesus in the rightful place, in his rightful place. You know what's his rightful place? On the throne of his life or her life. If you're right now submitted to the Holy Spirit, you're going to put Jesus in his rightful place. Put him in his rightful place today and put him as Lord and Savior of your life. Because Lord means that he's your master. Lord means that you're submitted. Lord means that you surrender to him. Lord means that you're obedient to him. And he's teaching us here, judge the things by how they relate to Jesus. You listen to a message, you see a falling, you see a movement, judge that by how it relates to Jesus. If it points you back to Jesus, then it is right on, it is true. If this supposed gift that you see someone exercising, does it glorify God? If it doesn't glorify God, then it's not a gift of the Holy Spirit then. Does it promote the true Jesus of the Bible? Or does it promote a false Jesus that is not of the Bible, right? And very quickly, I'll tell you that the Holy Spirit has two major roles. The Holy Spirit has two major roles when it comes to Jesus. Number one, in John 15, 26, it says that the Holy Spirit testifies of Christ. What does that mean? That the Holy Spirit always points people to Jesus. So when you're using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, guess what the gifts are for? They're also to point people to Jesus. You can't say, oh Lord, I have this gift, but this gift is a way to, for me to build a platform to point people to me, to, to promote myself. No, the Holy Spirit always points people to Jesus, not to man. And that's what we ought to know. It says in John 15, 26, But when the Helper comes, or the Holy Spirit, whom I sent to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, right? The Spirit of truth, who perceives from the Father, he will testify of me. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit points you to Jesus. And if you see something that's not pointing to you, to Jesus, or a spiritual gift that is not being allowed or, or giving that way of passage so that others can come to Jesus, then it's not being operated in a spiritual way. But what does the Holy Spirit also do? Number two, the Spirit not only points people to Jesus, but the Spirit of God also glorifies Jesus. Points people to Jesus and glorifies Jesus. John 16, 14. What does this tell us? He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. What does he do? He points us to Jesus and then he glorifies Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit's work does. So why is it important? The first three verses that he tells us this, because he doesn't want you to get carried away, number one. There's so many movements now today about the Holy Spirit that you have to be speaking in tongues and running around and dancing and doing all kinds of things so that you can be filled with the Spirit of God. But none of those things ever point you to Jesus. So are they actually being used in a spiritual way? I would dare to say no. According to God's Word. Why? Because any gift, if it's from the Holy Spirit, and if it's being used by the Holy Spirit, guess what? It's going to point you to Jesus, and it's going to glorify God. It's not going to point you to, wow, look at Him. It's going to point you to, wow, look at God. It's going to point you to, that's, Jesus is amazing. Thank you for coming to die on the cross for me. And that's what we must be careful. The Holy Spirit's ministry is not to promote the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit's ministry is not to promote man. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to glorify and represent Jesus and glorify God. That's why our worship is not for the Holy Spirit. Our worship is not towards the Holy Spirit. Our worship is to God. The Holy Spirit is what ushers our worship to the Father. You see? This is so important here. Because all the gifts of the Spirit, I want you to know here, all the gifts of the Spirit and all the gifts that God has given you, all the gifts are so that we can give all the attention to God. It's not so that you can get the attention, right? It's not that, that, oh Lord, He's given me all these gifts because He wants me to be known in these gifts. No, God's giving you the gifts so that all the attention also goes to God, all the glory. Oh, we point people to God. The platform is all for the Lord, right? That's what the gifts are for. You see, you can be gifted and carnal at the same time. And that's why He's telling them these first three verses. Because God can bless you with something, but you can use it in a very wrong way. Are you gifted? Yes, maybe. God's given you. Yes, He has. When you give your life to the Lord, He's given you special gifts. And maybe it's up to you whether you choose them or you're not choosing them. Whether they're dormant or they're active, those gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? But when you do operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you have to never do them in a carnal way. What does that mean in a carnal way? In a carnal way is where you're using them for yourself. You can use spiritual gifts in a carnal way. Where it's about yourself. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the spiritual gift is a badge so that we can be over people and lord over them and say, look at my gifts, this makes me better than you. No, the gifts of the Spirit are to serve people and to love them. That's why you have the gifts of the Spirit. That's why God's giving you the spirit of helps, the gifts of, of helps, of encouragement, of edification, right? Because He wants you to be connected to the body of Christ. Today, are you connected to the body of Christ? Are you connected to the body of Christ? Are you using your spiritual gift? Or are you coming to church with a consumer mentality of what can the church give me instead of what can I give for the church? How can I be a blessing? I don't want to be a spectator. The church is not a spectator. It's not a location. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we can be the church. He, I mean, so that we can uh, go to church. He died on the cross so that we can be the church and become the church. The best way of becoming the church is by using your spiritual gift. A lot of times, I think even in our culture today, we believe that only one or a few people ought to use their spiritual gifts. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to see the pastor, the teacher, use his spiritual gifts. I'm going to let the children's ministry classrooms, those teachers use their spiritual gifts. I'm going to let the worship team, I'm going to let those around use their spiritual gifts. But what about your spiritual gifts? <laughs> Everyone must be using their spiritual gifts. And it says here now in verse 4, these are the diversity of the gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Pay attention to verse, from verses 5 here to verse 6, because he's going to point our attention that all the gifts of the Spirit come from the same place. This is amazing. This talks about unity now. There's diversity. There are diversities of gifts. Here we go. Same Spirit. Underline that same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries now, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. You just love Paul, how he's so connected to the Lord. You saw what he sneaked in there in those two verses? The Spirit, the Lord, and God. He sneaked in the Trinity there. <laughs> he said there are, di there are the differences in ministries. He said there are different types of ministries. But it's the same spirit, right? Then he said there are differences in ministries, but it's just the same Lord, Jesus. And there are differences in activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Spirit, Lord, and God talking about the Trinity. You think about how the Lord gives us His gifts, so graciously gives us His gifts. And they all operate to point people to Jesus and to glorify the Trinity that has before eternity been in place. And he talks about three different types of gifts. There are gifts, there are ministries, and there are activities. There are gifts, there's ministries, and there are activities. So how, how does that, what does that matter to me? Well, how can you be plugged in? How does that affect you? Now you would say. The New Living Translation reads this verse. God works in different ways. Pay attention to that. But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. He works in different ways in everyone's life. But it is the same God. That's, that, that's the reason on why if God's working in your life one way, it does not mean He has to work in that way in someone else's life. 
And sometimes we think, well, you know what? That person is less spiritual than I am because he doesn't experience God the way I do. No, God works different. He works in different ways, in different ministries, in different gifts, in different activities. But we serve the same Lord and the gifts come from the same place. You see, I love how he uses the word same. Because from verse 1 and 12, he uses the word same six times. You know what he's talking about there? Unity. No, not one gift is better than the other. Know that, please. Not one gift is better than the other gift that God has given you. And he uses same to describe unity. What does that mean? That we ought to be united with our gifts, number one. But also they're coming from the same place. So that means we ought to be dependent to God for those gifts. Lord, I want to be used by you. I want you to use my life. And if we want the Lord to use our lives, then we have to be dependent upon Him to bestow the gifts of the Holy Spirit on our lives. What is He teaching us here from verses 1 through 4 and on? That the Holy Spirit is the very source of the gifts. It is the Holy Spirit. That is the very source of the gifts. Some gifts are ministries. What are the ministries? He's going to tell us later on in chapter 12. Some gifts are ministries. They're like an office. It's a pastor. It's a teacher. It's a position in a church. That's a ministry. Some of the gifts. But some other gifts are activities of the Holy Spirit, right? Like an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, an event, a particular place or a particular time. What does that mean? What does it tell us about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit loves to work in people. And the Holy Spirit loves to work in places. He works in ministries, which are people. And He works in activities, which are places, right? And an outworking, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In fact, that word activity is from the word that we get energy or energetic or energized. That's an activity. Are you active right now? Are you energetic? Are you energized are you uh, now fully filled with energy now? It's a word that speaks of active, miraculous power. Oh my God, that is amazing. God's active, miraculous power wants to be worked through your life. God's active, miraculous power wants to be worked out through your life and my life in our church. Right? And it happens in different ways now. Right? But it's the same God doing the work. It is the same, the same Lord that is doing the work. God has a glorious diversity in the way He does things. And we should never expect it to be according to our taste, according to our emphasis, to, according to our expectations. We should expect it to be the way God wants it because He is the source of the gifts. He is the source of the activities. He is the source of the ministries. And the Holy Spirit will move the way the Holy Spirit wants to move. We can't control the Holy Spirit. We can't manufacture it. We can't fabricate the gifts of God to seem more spiritual. You see some people try to manufacture gifts or they're praying and they start to fake it and they're speaking in tongues just because they want to seem spiritual. <laughs> right? That's not the way the Holy Spirit operates the gifts. But here He's going to tell us before He goes into the gifts. You want the gifts? You want the gifts? Then seek the giver. Then seek the giver. Lord, I want the gifts of the Spirit. You want the gifts of the Spirit, then you have to seek the giver. Are you seeking the giver today? Are you seeking the giver? Because we cannot want the gifts more than we want the giver. We can't want the gifts more than we want the giver. We can't be obsessed more about the gifts than we are about God who gives us the gifts. It was A.B. Simpson, an English preacher, that said this. Once it was a blessing. Once I wanted a blessing, now it's the Lord. Once it was a feeling, now it's His word. Once His gift I wanted, now the giver own. Once I sought for healing, now Himself alone. God wants you to desire Him more than anything in life. And He's going to empower you so that He can manifest Himself in you and through you. When you're desperate for God, He starts to manifest His power through your life. He starts to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And there is a powerful manifestation of the Holy Spirit through your life. Let's read on here in this verse. Verse 7 now. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the prophet. Here we go. The prophet of all. Now I'm fully submitted to God. Now you're fully submitted to God, right? Now we say that He is the Lord of our lives, right? Now there's a manifestation of that through the gifts of the Spirit. You always know when you're submitted to God... When He manifests Himself by using your life through the gifts of the Spirit, right? 
He'll manifest himself. He really will. God wants to manifest himself in your life. God wants to make himself known. He wants to make himself real. He doesn't want, you, he want, he doesn't want to just be a concept in your life. He wants to make himself manifest, real, powerful way, right, in your life. And it happens through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it is when you say, He is my Lord. He's my Master. I'm submitted. I surrender to the Lord. Look at the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Each one, every single person that is submitted to God has the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. But what is it for? The objective and the purpose. What is it for? It's for the profit of all. It's not for the profit of self. It's not for the profit of one person. The word profit means it's for the benefit of all. That means that when you come to church and God has given you specific gifts, guess what He wants you to do with them? He wants you to use them so that others can be benefited from your gift. You know, sometimes what we want to do with our gift, we want to bury our spiritual gift. I don't have time for my spiritual gift. Oh, my spiritual gift, you know what? It's too far to use that spiritual gift. Oh, it cost me too much to use that spiritual gift. Too much sacrifice. And guess what we start to do? We put a lid on what God can do in our lives. We stop the Spirit from moving in our lives. You know why? Because the Spirit can only continue to flow in your life if it also is flowing out of your life. And when it doesn't flow out of your life, it's no longer going to flow in of your life. And the Holy Spirit wants to flow in and then continue to flow out of your life as He's using the gifts that God has given you. Now understand today, are you using the gifts that God has given you? Are they being manifested in your life? Are they present? God is always present in your life. When you say, I'm a, I'm a born again believer, He's present always. But He manifests Himself, His presence in your life by when you serve Him. He manifests His presence. You see, and sometimes we, we ought to also be careful to say, you know what, well, you know what, He's not manifesting His presence. I mean, He's not around. No, He's around. <laughs> he's around. But are you submitted to Him so that He can manifest His presence and you can use your gifts for the benefit of other people. And I like what he's saying here because he's saying, use your gift to help one another. Your gift is not only for yourself. Your gift is not to keep it to you only. It's not for your profit. It's for the profit here. Verse 7 of all. What have we learned so far in those seven verses? That what you have is from God and how you use it is by God. And don't ever forget that. You have that gift, it's, by, it's, it's, it's from God. And the way you operate it is by God. Lord, thank you because you've given us spiritual gifts. We want you to use these gifts for your service. Thank you because they're from you. And we're going to use them by you, not by us, by Him, right? That's what He's teaching us. Now in verse 8, let's go on because He's going to tell us now in regards to a few spiritual gifts. He's not going to go into detail so much as far as defining them, but we will give a brief description of these gifts. It says here, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. He gives you the word of wisdom to the Spirit and to the another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. You see, what he's talking about, the word of wisdom through the Spirit, is that, that sometimes the Spirit comes upon you. Maybe He's given you that gift, the word of wisdom. What is the word of wisdom? The word of giving maybe wise counsel, advice, the word of teaching. But the word of wisdom is also a unique wisdom that, that comes from God in a specific situation. God gives you the wisdom. That is the gift of the Spirit. The word of wisdom now. I have the, the wisdom to be able to, to speak this in a specific situation. And it is only given to me by God so I can counsel others. So maybe I can teach so that we can edify, so that we can comfort. That is the word of wisdom that comes. The understanding, the discernment to decide, to have proper judgment. The word of wisdom. And maybe to some of us here, that God has given you the word of wisdom. Right? The understanding. In a specific situation. But then it goes on in that very same verse. What about the word of knowledge by the same spirit? You know what the word of knowledge is and by the same spirit? This is, this is amazing, this word, this, the, the word of knowledge. Maybe you're talking to somebody and the Lord's putting something in your heart about that person. And you would, there's no way you would have known that if they didn't tell you. 
It, there's no way that you would have come up with that. But he gives you special knowledge to be able to declare that could only have been revealed by the Spirit supernaturally. He tells you, hey, I want you to go and tell this person that because this is exactly what they need to hear. And the Lord and the Spirit starts to tug into your heart and says, hey, you need to give that person that word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. I know what's going on. This is taking place in your life maybe. And God wants you to know this, the word of knowledge right there. That's amazing when the whole gifts of the Spirit are being operated in a very spiritual way. The word of wisdom is, is to do what? It's, it's also to be able to understand knowledge. Right? We know knowledge. We know God's word. But the word of wisdom, the Spirit, allows us to be able to use the word of God. And the word of knowledge allows us to be supernaturally revealed by the Spirit of God and declare it to someone else in a way that we would have never known unless it was the Spirit. Verse 9. To another faith... By the same Spirit. Well, is faith a gift of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely it is. Faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe to you, He's given you supernatural faith. More than others, right? He's given you just the trust, right? The faith to trust God above everything and above all, even when you don't understand. You can say, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm just trusting God. I have so much peace, Right? I don't understand, but it takes you through emergencies, that gift of faith. It takes you through problems. It takes you through difficult situations, right? The gift of faith. And maybe for some people here, they have the gift of faith, and they just trust God no matter what. In emergencies and difficult situations, they're never anxious because they just have the gift of faith, and they're trusting in God, right? That is the gift of faith, trusting in God. What does it tell us now in the very first, as, uh, verse 9 as well? To the same Spirit and to another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. The gift of healing. Now, I think that the gift of healing is one of the gifts that even in our modern now world or culture of Christianity is used for the selfish gain of people. Because it, it, it draws a lot of public attention, the gift of faith, right? And now that you have a lot of people in TV or, or wherever it would be, right, exercising the gift of healing for selfish gain or promotion, but no, the gift of healing and its primary purpose of any gift is to humbly meet the needs of people. And I want you to remember that. The gifts of the Spirit are to humbly meet the needs of people. Are you humbly meeting the needs of people? It's not to showboat. It's not to exhibit. It's not to promote. It's not to create a platform for us, right? The gift of healing. It's to humbly meet the needs of people. Whatever gift that God has given you, it's to humbly meet the needs of people, not to self-promote. That's the primary purpose of the gifts of the Spirit. But you would say, you know what, God hasn't given me the gift of healing, but what about this? Think about the gift of healing this way as well. Has God given you not only the gift of physical healing, possibly, but how about the gift of now emotional and spiritual healing? What about someone that's brokenhearted and the Lord's giving you the spirit of healing, the gift of spirit of healing by going and healing that brokenhearted person. By healing that person that's discouraged through fellowship, through encouragement, through comfort, right? Healing the brokenhearted. What about that aspect of the gift of healing? Now verse 10. Here it says, to another working of miracles. Well, that's a supernatural gift, right? The working of miracles. You think about a miracle, what do you think? You think about the Bible when Jesus now did a miracle. He made the blind man see. He rose the dead. He made the lame walk. He healed the leper. These are all miracles, right? These are supernatural works of the Spirit of God. Do you know Jesus in John 14, 12, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father and... You know what he's telling us there? He's promising us that, yes, you saw the works and you believe in me. I'll tell you this. When I go to the Father and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to do greater works than these. Jesus only had a ministry of three years. He said, I only have three years to do these things. You're going to reach more territory. You're going to expand the capacity of ministry to do much greater things than these because of the works of the Holy Spirit that are working in you. Think about the work of miracles. Now you would say, well, you know, I haven't seen a miracle lately. I haven't seen... A dead person come to life. I haven't seen maybe somebody that couldn't walk, walk. I haven't seen a blind person give sight. The Lord can use you that way. Absolutely. And God maybe wants to use you that way. But what about the gift of miracles? The spirit of gift of miracles. Where you start to learn to overcome where once you were being. And it's a miracle. 
Well, you start to see the, de- the spiritually dead now become spiritually alive. That's a miracle. Where you start to see the addicted now be set free from the bondage of that addiction of alcohol or of drugs or of pornography or of adultery. That's also a miracle. Right? Where you overcome where you were once being, where you can win now when you only knew failure. That's a miracle of God. I'll tell you, you want to see the Spirit of God, the the gifts of miracles? Look to your neighbor. We're all miracles. (laughs) We're all a work of miracle. We were headed down the wrong path, but God did a miracle in our lives now, and now we are, our eyes are open, and maybe today God wants to use you in the gifts of miracles. You're going to say, whoa, blown away. I just came today because we're going to have a Pollock off there. Now he wants to use me in miracles. <laughs> maybe he wants to use you in a way where you set free that person in your home, in your life, where you see the Spirit of God work to, you to do a miracle in that person's life. I, I really believe that the reason that we don't see miracles, I'll tell you this, and I, and I really believe this with all my heart, it's because we're not praying for miracles. You want to see a miracle? Then start to pray for some miracles in people's lives. I, Lord, I pray for a miracle in the life of my spouse, of, my, uh, of the, the, the wife, of the son, of the daughter, of my boss. I pray for a miracle in the place in my life maybe that you would have to pray for, Right? Of that place where I keep on getting overcome and beaten and I'm always a failure. I want to have victory now. I want you to do a miracle because I'm addicted to this thing, Lord. And I want you to set me free. That is a miracle of God. That is the gift of the Spirit. Operating in the lives of the church. Now it says here as we continue reading. In verse 10. To another working of miracles to another prophecy. Now prophecy, when we see it in the Bible, in the Bible we see that it's divinely inspired speech that God gives you a, a, a divinely inspired speech about the future, about foretelling the future. And that is prophetic. That is very much so prophetic. We learned that a lot of the books in the Bible, uh, you know, over 50% of the Bible is prophecy, right? But prophecy is not so much about foretelling the future as it is as well. Prophetically, it's also about forth. Telling the present. Well, I want you to just capture that really quick. It's not so much foretelling the future. That also is prophetic. And that's the way he means it here. He, he gives you the word of prophecy. Where you know thus says God that this is going to take place. That's prophetic. But also what is prophetic is forth telling the present in light of God's word. That's speaking the prophetic voice in your time today. That means that me and you can, can raise our Bibles and prophetically say with the current events that are taking place in light of God's word, we're bringing scripture to any generation, to any current event, and with absolute authority, we can say prophetically, this is what the word of God says to my day today. That is very much so prophetic today as well. Thus says God because it's coming from the word of God. The, the gift of prophecy is the gift of a man or a woman that in the name of the Lord and in the power of the Spirit is able to speak with authority from the book to the day in which he lives. Think about that. To speak with authority from the book in the day in which you live. Are you speaking with authority from the book in the day that you live in today? The day of, of abortion? The day of homosexuality, the day where we face a lot of political issues, that's that's when we need a prophetic voice from the Christians to speak up with the prophetic voice of the Word of God. And this is what the Bible says about abortion. This is what the Bible says about homosexuality. This is what the Bible says about, about a policy. That is the prophetic voice now working through the church. We ought to stand for that. And maybe God's giving you the gift of foretelling the future, but He also wants to use you as foretelling the present. What's taking place? That's prophetic. Now, what does it tell us now in verse 10? Discerning of spirits. How, how do you discern spirits? I, why? You discern spirits. The gift of the Spirit tells you, hey, don't go there. Hey, that's false. That's a false teacher. Hey, that, that, that's not a right place to fellowship at. That's not the Word of God. You start to discern. You can make the decision between the truth and the false. And it enables you to know right from wrong, right? Right from wrong. That's the gift of of discerning spirits. I think that's the gift that we need to pray that the Lord would maybe give us. So that we would not be carried away. Carried away to idolatry. Carried away to sin. Carried away to something that maybe is not from God, right? 
that we wouldn't be led in the spirit of error, but we would let in the spirit of truth. It goes on and it tells us here, to another different kinds of tongues and to another interpretations of tongues. Now this one as well. Some people believe, you know what? If you don't speak in tongues, then you're not baptized by the Holy Spirit. That's false. That is false. The gift of tongues is a gift that manifests itself, right? As you're baptized by the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't mean that if you're not baptized with tongues that you don't have the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, you know, you start to feel condemned because everyone at church or at a specific fellowship is speaking in tongues. You're like, Lord, how come the Holy Spirit's not working through my life? I don't speak in tongues. But maybe God's given you another gift He wants you to use. Tongues is not the only evidence of the Spirit of God working in your life. It is not the only evidence. The ability in tongues, I'll tell you this, it's not to sing spiritual either. It's not to set up a show. The ability of tongues, tongues is for one thing. It's to praise and adore God. It's like worship in an unknown language, right? The Lord, all of a sudden, He baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. Maybe to you, He gives you the spirit of tongues and you start to speak in tongues. Guess what? Speaking in tongues is never for people. Speaking in tongues is you speaking to God. But then guess what? It also has the interpretation of tongues. When you speak in tongues in the assembly, in the gathering of people, and there is not an interpretation of tongues, then hey, you know what? That wasn't from God because nobody interpreted it. Nobody knows what it means. If you can't understand the tongues, how is it for my benefit? I don't understand what he said. When the church didn't know what it meant. We're leaving all confused. We're leaving freaked out. Nobody knows what that was. But if there's an interpretation right after, guess what? That's the Spirit of God working together. There's two gifts working together. Guess what? Now the interpretation is being used to benefit the rest of the church. Hey, that was done in order. And it was only to praise God. It wasn't for us. When somebody speaks in tongues and they have a message for someone in tongues, whoa, wait a minute. How'd you have a message for me in tongues? The tongues are not for a message. The tongues are for praise. The tongues are for adoration, right? And the purpose is to build one another up. Why don't we go to Ephesians chapter 4 as we end today. Ephesians 4 as we end today. 4.11, right? Because I want you to understand this before we even continue next week. In Ephesians 4.11, he tells us that he gives us the gifts now, that the Lord has given us gifts. And he gave here himself, he himself gave some to be apostles. He gave some of us to be apostles, to be sent out. Some to be prophets, to foretell or forth tell, right? Some to get evangelists. Some to be pastor teachers. Why though? For Ephesians 4.12. He gave you a gift. Ephesians 4.12. For the equipping of the saints. So that you can equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So that you can, we can work among one another and build one another up. For the edifying of the body of Christ. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Christ wants you to edify the body of Christ. Christ wants you to edify His body. He's giving you the gift of giving, then give. He's giving you the gift to lead, then lead. A gift to, to teach, then teach. The gift of helps, then help. He's giving you those gifts for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now jump down in Ephesians 4, now to verse 16. Ephesians 4, now, verse 16. Now this is how the gifts ought to operate now. He's giving you a gift. Don't be, don't be over here. I'm using my gift on my own day. They can use their gifts on their own time. I'm not going to be a part of them to use my gift with them. No, that's not why God gave you a gift. God gave you a gift so you can come and use it together. God wants to work miracles and they work in unity. God wants to work those gifts of the Holy Spirit. And guess how they work? They work as a church is corporately coming together. Ephesians 4.16 From whom the whole body is joined and knit together. Knit together means that that we are intertwined together, chain linked, that we cannot be broken. The works uh, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit ought to be the church working together, so linked up that cannot, they cannot be broken, joined and linked by what every joint supply, every joint, think about your body, every joint of your body is supplying some type of movement, some type of activity for the purpose, right, of something that is taking place according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Underline that. Every part does its share. You want it to be effective in the ministry? Every part does its share. You want to have a healthy church? Every part does its share. The reason why sometimes the church suffers 
is because every part's not doing their share. The reason why sometimes the church doesn't grow is because every part's not doing their share. God's giving you the gift. I mean, there's so many gifts here of even evangelism that are not being used. God wants you to use the gift of evangelism so that the, the, the work and, and the, the ministry and the body of Christ grows. Because it tells us here, every part doesn't share. And what does it say after here? It causes growth of the body for edifying of itself in love. When you use your gift, you're causing growth in the body and you're edifying it in love. Today, you should not ask yourself, what can my church do for me? You, can ask, you should ask yourself, what should I be doing in my church? Because you need the gift of your brother and sister. You need their gift. And guess what? They also need yours. <laughs> and you can't be distracted at why that person has that gift. How come I don't have that gift? Don't be worried about that. God gave you a gift that maybe they don't have. And you need to be using it to bless others and to edify. Victory is never alone in isolation. Victory is in a group. And one of the most things that grieves the Holy Spirit the most is when we decide not to use our gifts, number one, or we decide to be divided. God wants to use the church together. Let's pray right now. Lord Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, because you've given us these supernatural gifts. And we ask, Lord, that we would use these gifts to glorify you, to point people to you, God. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to do a work in our church. And maybe today you're here saying, well, I don't know if the gifts of the Spirit are working in my life. I don't know if they're active in my life. How do I know if I, get, I have the gifts of the Spirit in my life? Well, the gifts are described as a miraculous result, a gift that leads to a miraculous result. And the gifts only come by, as you're influenced by the Spirit of God. The only way God can use you is if you're being led by the Spirit of God. If you're obedient, if you're submitted, if you're surrendered to God, if you're surrendered to His Spirit. Do you want God to use your life? Do you want God to use your life? If you want God to use your life with these gifts, then you have to surrender your life and submit your life to the Spirit of God. And then He will use your life. See, the reason why sometimes the Lord doesn't use our lives is because we're not surrendered to Him. But today, God wants you to surrender so that He can use you. God cannot use an unsurrendered life. God cannot use an unavailable life. God wants to use your spiritual gift. And the way He does that, the way He blesses you with that gift, is when you surrender yourself to Him. 